Hello, everybody. Welcome to Shorts with Tara and Jill. I am Jill and Tara is ill, so she is not going to join us today, but I'm very excited to be joined by Allison Yee, who is the founder and CEO of this amazing, very cool, interesting retail slash real estate concept called Up Next. Hi, Allison. Hi, Jill. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you on here. And I'm so sad that Tara can't be here because she is, you know, a shopping expert and knows so much about retail. So we'll have to find another time for you guys to chat. But um, I wanted to just kick off and ask you just a little bit about yourself, kind of how did you, what is up next? How did you come to that place and decide to start this company? And um, yeah, let's just start there. Sure. Well, Up Next is a Boston-based company dedicated to cultivating opportunities for emerging brands to test out brick-and-mortar retail. So we do pop-ups. We help uh, all different types of brands and concepts take brick-and-mortar for a test drive, as we like to say. So it's shorter term, usually a week to a year. Anything beyond that, we consider permanent. Um you know, pop-up experiences. So we really work with a, a very cool dynamic range of brands who just want to figure out if if brick and mortar is the name of the game for them or supplement their direct-to-consumer business um, and connect with their customer in person and build something unique without all of the risk that comes with traditional retail and real estate. Uh, so. Excellent. And how did you come up with this idea? Well, let's see. I have been working in different facets of the retail and real estate industry for longer than I would like to admit. Um, and so my background is a mix of being on, you know, everything from the boutique sales floor to working as a buyer for big companies like TJX or ISIS Parenting back in the day. Um, and then moving over to uh, WS Development, where I learned the ins and outs of property management and, and retail leasing and sort of stumbled into the pop-up world there before it was really a known or established part of the retail industry. I would still say it's, it's on the cusp there. Um, and I've always been very entrepreneurial and had little side hustles going uh, throughout my corporate career. And so I would say basically I had my aha moment. I, I had this overwhelming urge to really strike out on my own and make pop-ups more accessible and widely spread you know, around the Boston area and beyond. And so I did that in early 2018. Very cool. And so who is your target brand? Like what's what would be the profile of a typical brand who would want to try out a brick and mortar pop-up? Sure. So we work with brands that really run the range of emerging through established because anyone can benefit from a pop-up for various reasons. But our core is really what we call an emerging brand who typically is established with an online presence. So they've probably been running their, their business primarily online for a few years. Maybe they've dabbled in doing markets um, or been part of some sort of pop-up collective, but are really ready to take it to the next step and want their brand to make a splash in the world, or they want to just test out what it feels like to run a brick and mortar experience to get their product in front of customers and have that real-time feedback. Um, so, so sometimes they're, they're really new and they're just really eager and excited to test that out. And other times they've been, you know, running their companies for three, four or five years uh, and want to take that next step. 
Makes sense. And then, to, so today you have a large, like this project pop-up that I've read about. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So project pop-up, I consider sort of a, a sub-brand and one of the only pandemic silver linings. It's something that we launched at, I would say, peak pandemic in, in 2021. Um, and it really developed out of a need of so many empty storefronts and so much innovation and creativity happening at home for a lot of brands that were growing their businesses, were you know, a lot of the time retail operations were closed, storefronts were closed, but there was this incredible creativity and entrepreneurship blossoming. And then it became a really big economic development need. So Project Pop-Up, which is the sub-brand for Up Next, um, is all grant funded or publicly funded. And we partner directly with municipalities, cities and towns that want to bring pop-ups into their area and help, you know, be this launch pad for local entrepreneurs. We have a focus on women-owned businesses, BIPOC-owned businesses, locally-owned businesses. And so we run application processes to get access to amazing storefronts at below market rent, and we provide a whole other layer of support. So we're helping them with different resources and fixtures and stipends and all of the things that just make it that much more accessible uh, to to pop up and, and be successful and grow their brands. Wow, that sounds amazing. And so some of these brands, which if you could pick a couple brands to talk about, which are the ones that are sort of really interesting and different and new? Oh, there have been so many. Putting you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> there's, well, let's see. There's a couple that come to mind right away. It's just really incredible and fun stories. One of them is called Hedgehog Belly Designs, uh, currently popping up at One Lincoln Street in Newton Highlands. And the founder has uh, an amazing background as a designer. So she worked for big names like Burberry, designing children's wear, uh, you know, right in London. And ultimately didn't want to stay in the corporate path, but took that attention to detail and, and quality and combined it with her own whimsical aesthetic and built this incredible company where everything is sustainable and handmade and just like made to last for kids. And then she's also filled in with other locally made lines, um, you know, little toys and dolls and things so that you just walk in and have this amazing experience. And so she's been lovely to work with. Uh, and see grow continuously. Um, and let's see, another one that I really love is called Rumi Candle. She is uh, in, in the Melrose area. We've worked with her in several different ways. And basically, uh, Prisca, she, she hand makes all of these soy-based candles and runs candle making workshops, which our team has actually done as a team building activity. It's so much fun. Wow, that's fun. Uh, yeah. has to make your candles, but the scents are incredible, and she really draws on uh, travel and all kinds of different types of inspiration. And then she developed something called Brumi and Friends, which is a collaborative where she brings in other brands. And we see a lot of that, and that's probably one of the best ways that we encourage brands to grow is through you know building partnerships and, and helping each other rise. That's great. That's great. And so how long for these popping up next locations – how long is the term? Like how long does a brand stay in the space? For the project pop-up locations, it's typically uh, two to four months. So it's like a season. We do a seasonal rotation. Uh, so for some of our other pop-ups, they'll stay for six months or a year. We encourage the brands to test out a space for as long as they 
feel comfortable, but you just, you want to, if you're looking at doing brick and mortar longer term, you want to see the change of the season, you know, retail has its inherent ups and downs. So to really get a sense for, um, you know, how things change over the weeks and months. Of course, some brands are very seasonal. And so therefore getting to pop up at your ideal time or during the holiday or the summer um, is also an option that you don't have in traditional brick and mortar retail. So, so we lean into that quite a bit as well. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so I know from talking to you over the years that you run a pretty lean and mean machine, not mean, but <laughs> lean machine. How do you, you know, manage your business? Like, like what have been some of the challenges that you faced sort of managing and growing your business, particularly, you know, not, I mean, in, in retail, it's not just the ups and downs of retail, but then layer COVID on top of that, like, how have you sort of managed through the challenges? What have been the challenges? How have you managed through them? Sure. Well, you know, entrepreneurship, not for the faint of heart, but a really amazing roller coaster to experience. And I am very fortunate at this point to have a small but mighty team who works really hard to support all of these brands and initiatives. Um, someone said very early on in my launch, uh, get, com get comfortable being uncomfortable. So I feel like that rings true almost daily. You know, it is it is just something where you have to live in the gray and know that you can't control everything. You can plan as much as possible, but you have to leave some room for the unexpected and for difficult conversations and for all of those things that come with running a business. And when you're running a business and you're the main point of contact, you know, a lot of those things fall on your shoulders. So I have gotten comfortable being uncomfortable, um, not always, but most of the time. And you just sort of have to take a pause and, and try and reflect on all the things that are going really well and all of the the many milestones that you've achieved and then continuously sort of check in and keep your keep your eyes on on where the dream is going and how to kind of keep it running day to day. I think probably the biggest thing that no one talks about in, in entrepreneurship is that there is a lot of paperwork. There's so much administrative work behind the scenes. Yeah. So I think, you know, getting to a point where you can help bring in some support for that um, is really essential so that you can really focus on growing and building the business in other ways. Yeah. And I would imagine, particularly if you've got government funded um, projects that the paperwork even gets even, <laughs> that pile gets even bigger. Uh, but it's so funny that you say that because, you know, as an entrepreneur myself, I am, I'm someone who hates the gray. Like I really hate the gray. And so, but, but what you're saying is so true. And that's something that I've had to, you know, kind of um, struggle with a little bit is just, I'm not going to have resolution to everything. I'm not going to have a perfect plan. I'm not going to know how things are going to turn out. I don't have all the numbers to do all the analysis I'd like to do. Like it's really, it is definitely, um, as, uh, it needs to be in the DNA of, of an entrepreneur. So I totally agree. Um, and then just funny on the paperwork, you know, I actually love paperwork. Like I love just like administrivia stuff. And, but as I've been a CEO and I, you know, it's, you re, I really have to train myself to be like, that is not the best use of your time. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. Definitely need to like move that aside and find someone who is better equipped to, to deal with all of that. Um, but one last, so one last question for you. So I know you have, you have a young child, one or two. I have three. I have three young children. Three. Okay. 
<laughs> wow. Um, how do you, the sort of age old question of how do you find you are at balancing? Are you like, do you balance? I know for me, there's no balance. It's like either I do everything shitty or something just falls off the map. Like I forget a child somewhere. Oh my goodness. I, I have to say I've had that same situation. You know, I take it day by day. I, I have an amazing supportive husband. We sort of juggle things together. Um, but it is not easy. You always feel like you're disappointing someone or dropping the ball somewhere. And that's not a great feeling. So I am actually actively working on it. I am trying to put some good systems to use to kind of manage all of the logistics of my day-to-day life. Uh, I'll let you know if I hit gold there, but yes, it's, it's really tough, you know, and it, and I think having a community of other entrepreneurial women and moms to talk to and be real with is really essential. So you can, you know, just have someone to, who gets it to be that outlet when things are not going according to plan. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I I think the last thing I wanted to say is you mentioned ISIS maternity and kind of along those lines, it, that is the biggest loss. I, it's a, for those listening, it was a, an amazing sort of center where you could ha- mom, have mommy and me classes. You, there was lots of fun retail for babies and kids, and there was sort of parent education classes as well. And it is, uh, it was such a loss when that, um, they had to close their locations and, uh, I, I'm so I'm still so sad. It was like one of the best things when I had when I, my kids were young that it was there. Yeah, I'm so glad you got to experience it. I feel like it was a business model ahead of its time, and if someone wanted to revive it now, there would be overwhelming support for it. Definitely, definitely. Well, Allison, it's been great chatting with you. Where can people find you? Where can people find? up next sure so we're online at poppingupnext.com also on all the social media channels instagram facebook and so on at popping up next and you can follow our latest projects and everything else for project pop-up and beyond through them thank you excellent well thank you it was great chatting with you great chatting thanks so much jill tara help you feel better <laughs> we'll let her know thanks We hope you enjoyed today's episode. We would love to answer any of your questions on future episodes of Shorts. Bermuda Shorts. Jean Shorts. Short Shorts. Boy Shorts. Tennis Shorts. Cargo Shorts. Pleated Shorts. Running Shorts. Board Shorts.